You're joining us from today. I'm Elizabeth, aka Betty, the future Mrs. Paul Norris, and I'm joined by an awesome couple. Oh my God, the superpower couple, Beyonce and JC, have so much to to learn from these. Ah,、uh, he is. They are together, co-authors of Exposure, and you can find it on Amazon and iTunes, my favorite store. Wink, wink. Um, and um, you can also find her, who's the author of Constellation and a new edition of the Constellation series, Chaos. Welcome, Mr. and Mrs. Morgan and Jennifer Locklear. Yay!、Hello. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, I see Pam in the chat room. She says hello, and Tiara says hello. So hello, ladies. Welcome to the podcast.、Uh, my partner Perlene can join us tonight. She's having technical difficulties, but she did want to say hello. And sorry, I can't join you. I miss you all very much. I hope I can join the seminar soon. And I love you all. I miss you, and I hope I can spend more time with you. Love, Perlene. So we're thinking of you, partner. Kisses to Venezuela, and、um, hopefully she can join us because well, we miss. Her, it's not the same without her, and、um, it's been a while since we heard "Yeah, baby." So hopefully we get to we get to hear her glorious、uh, phrase. So yeah. So in case you were wondering, before we start our awesome seminar, the fight of the year. You know, last week we had the wedding of the year, which Megan. Harry with protagonist. Now we have the fight of the years. So woo! And、um, before we start that, let's、uh, go to a little recap. Uh, with the little、um, podcasts that are going on right now, in case you were wondering, our awesome guest Jennifer Lucklier will join the ladies of the Men in the Black Suit Fan Podcast this Friday, June first at nine p.m. Eastern Time, New York Time. Yes, nine p.m. Not on at five on Wednesdays, but on Friday, and she is going to be talking to them and discussing her new law novel, Chaos. Jack and Kathleen are back. Woo! And again, in case you. 
want to know where do I, where can I go, where can I purchase? Who is this Jack? Who's Kathleen? Well, you can find their awesome love story, the second part of the Constellation trilogy, in iTunes and Amazon. Also available in Barnes and Nobles and everywhere else where books are available. So yay! Fiction is sold. <laughs> yes. Ah, it's really, really good. And you can join the Stargazers on Facebook and you can discuss with them everything about Jack and Kathleen. Especially Jack. Jack shirtless. Ooh, right? Oh, yes. Anything Jack, but especially shirtless Jack. Yes, yes. Don't get jealous, Morgan. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's going to go like. <laughs> That's too much love for Jack. Okay. Um, so don't forget, again, this June, Friday, June 1st at 9 p.m., join Jennifer. Second, the ladies of the men, uh, sorry, of Noites and Florencia are still taking a break. So they will be back soon. And in case you're wondering, well, okay, but what book were they reading? Well, they're reading Noit. uh, Sorry, I'm brain fart. They are reading O Jugamento de Gabriel, so stop by. They're back on Saturdays. We will let you know when they're back. But again, O Jugamento de Gabriel, say oi to the professor, Julia, Paul, my sweet Paul, and everything else that happens in that awesome podcast with Samia and Andy. Um, if you want to listen to the Florentine series in Spanish, Noches and Florencia, you can find the recordings on iTunes and also on the Google Store. I can't remember the name of it right now, <laughs> so I'm sorry. But they are available on iTunes, so you can stop by and listen to the, the previous recordings. And that pretty much concludes. Oh, yeah, and the biggest news that we had this week, which I almost forgot because... Well, you know, with the fight, everything's so exciting. But in case you were wondering, like, okay, Betty, what is the boss up to lately? Well, the boss is writing the fourth book, the fourth installment of the Gabriel series, right? It's Gabriel's book, dot, 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 because we don't know the name yet. But the fourth book, which we were told was a novella, is now a novel. So, yay! Oh, my God, this is exciting. What will happen next? I don't know. <laughs> Only the boss knows. So make sure you you give him lots of donuts and coffee and sign up to the newsletter because good news are coming. Yes, we were told good news were coming in like December 2017. But believe us, it's coming. It's coming. We just got to keep waiting and we will get it soon. So yeah, I wonder what the big news is though. Maybe... Maybe Paul's getting married with a certain <clears throat> girl whose nickname happens to be Betty. Maybe, or I don't know. It, it could be anything. <laughs> maybe a book, a novella, or, um, well, we're getting a novella. But maybe we're getting a book or a mini series, or maybe Gabriel's going to sell his special cologne or something. So, hi, Anna! How that would... Oh, Pam says that in June or July, I heard. A little bird told her. So, ooh, fingers crossed. So, again, make sure you join the Sylvain Reynard newsletter for the latest news. And the boss has a SRS10 Facebook group. So, make sure you log in, say hello, and talk with everyone about Gabriel, about the professor who today, well, you know, <clears throat> it's going to be an interesting day, about Willie our favorite vampire, or the man in the black suit, Nicholas. Okay, and with that, we conclude the announcements. Are we ready for a little um, <clears throat> summary of what happened, oh, like uh, two months ago, with Gabriel's Redemption Chapter 2? Which I am curious what you guys have to say about that one, because, 
Well, when we last checked with Julia, she was having a nightmare about having a baby and having to take a test. And where did the baby come from? The baby's crying. Professor Matthews is telling her that she can't be in a room with the baby taking a test. Babies make too much noise. At that moment, the baby starts crying and Julia doesn't know what to do. And then da -da -da, she wakes up and Gabriel is right there holding on to her because he senses even while he's sleeping, that she's under stress and he wants to calm her down. But Julia, she just can't sleep anymore, so she goes and um, she takes a quick shower. And it, I guess it's really, really early because the sun hasn't come out yet. She goes, she takes a shower, she goes into the kitchen and she starts cleaning. Why? Well, because her family, the new family, the Emersons and, um, well, actually, they're the Emersons. The Clarks are coming over for Memorial Day weekend before Julia and Gabriel go away to Italy. So Julia has a lot of things to do. Unfortunately for Julia and for Gabriel, Becky with the good hair is not joining us. It's just Gabriel and Julia. So Julia's in a lot of stress trying to organize everything, their new house. And it's, it's a lot to, for her to take at the moment. Um, Gabriel wakes up. He comforts her. He tells her, don't worry about the house. Go finish your, your paper that you promised Catherine Picton you're going to present. And if you want, later on, I'll read it. And Julia's like, okay. And she falls asleep. Yay, Julia. Gabriel's wondering, why is Julia so afraid? Is she stressed because, I don't know, maybe her studies? Harvard might be hard. Or maybe she's thinking about her ex-boyfriend, Simon, and her ex-friend, Natalie. Yes, that must be it. <laughs> oh, silly Julia. But he goes back to her. He checks on her. She's fine. Julia uh, works on her paper for the whole evening. And Gabriel hires help, someone to help him organize the house or Poor Julia doesn't have to worry about it. It's 11 p.m. Julia comes back and, oh, look, she's happy. She made a lot of progress. And she's talking to Gabriel about the book that he's reading. She's asking, is it good? He's like, I don't know. I just started reading it. And so after all that happiness, Julia tells her husband, please distract me. Take away my worries and make love to me. And Gabriel's like, what if I'm not ready to go to bed? And she's like, well, if you can, I can do it for you. Ha, ha, ha. But, of course, Gabriel's up to the challenge. And they go to their bedroom. And then pay-per-view, we're not allowed in. Aww. And so, <laughs> chapter three. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't let us. So, yeah, chapter three. Oh, my God. Today's chapter is very intense. And, um, yeah, so here are a few things before we start chapter chapter three um i asked the boss because you know me i'm curious curious betty um about chapter two there are a few questions that i had and i asked um the boss because julia says in chapter two that uh julia tells gabriel paul ran into krista when he was at ucla and boss this was my question i was wondering was krista there um why was Krista there? Is she transferring to UCLA or is she having an affair with a professor from UCLA? Hmm. And a boss was so nice and gracious, he answered and he said, I think Paul and Krista were both at a conference at UCLA. And um, he says, did you see a reader tweeted me from UCLA? She had photos of the Department of Renaissance Studies. So, ooh. Two months later, and I forgot to check that. So sorry about that. I will try to find the pictures at UCLA. But that was the questions I had regarding chapter two. So ooh, now we know. Yes, everyone was dying to know why was Krista there with Paul. I was afraid they were having an affair, and I didn't know about it. But I don't have to worry about that. So that's good. 
But here's my question, you guys, um, Jen and Morgan. What did you think about Julia and her fear of having a baby? Because they discussed, well, at least Gabriel wants to have a family. And Julia was under the impression that they were going to wait five or maybe five or six years. Do you think maybe she's exaggerating or maybe she's on to something? You know, I was around Julia's age my first child, and it wasn't something that was necessarily planned. I mean, we were married, but we weren't like, hey, let's have a family together now. And my intentions then were, you know, I want to live my 20s, I want to study, I want to get established in my career, and then I'll, I'll have time for family. And so I can totally understand her, her fear. It's a lot to take on in your 20s. And um, I'm with her, frankly. <laughs> I agree. I think mm-hmm. his biological clock is ticking loud this year, and he needs to just cool his jets and let her get her thesis and her doctorate and get, let her get her education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is where their age difference comes and plays a... Well, it, it affects them both because they have different dreams at this stage of their lives and since Gabriel already studied and did everything um, yeah like you said Morgan his biological clock is ticking and he's thinking well I'm getting older and um, this is something that I should start thinking about right now as you know the opposite Julia is only 23 and she's still she's still trying to get that degree that diploma that she she has dreamed of and becoming a professor which is not an easy task and we know how difficult it was for gabriel during that time when he was at harvard with dealing with stress and everything so i kind of i feel bad for her look at how Mm -hmm. i was gonna say look at gabriel was coping as a grad student he was doing drugs he was partying he was you know he was going from one to the other and Where, you know, she's much more stable in that regard, but, um... He's like, well, why don't we throw a baby into the mix? Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Like, don't worry, Julia, the, the baby will write the ba- the paper for you. <laughs> but on the opposite end of it, you do have to pause and appreciate the fact that, um, given what he went through with, um, Paulina and their, and their baby, the fact that he's even considered being a father again, and moving forward in that way. You're right. How mm-hmm. dare she not recognize well, that? I'm just saying, <laughs> well, that's like, that is so huge for him. Mm-hmm. The scene isn't great for her, but, you know, there, that 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 is a monumental moment. Hey, I'm, say, I'm just saying. Look, one of us that gets to try that. That's going to be good. We have a fight. Can we just stop for a minute? are so so um it's a significant mm-hmm. it's a significant moment for him and, yeah. and that does have to be big character in the middle of this fight yeah. mm-hmm. so there you go that's masterful right that's a rainbow inside a rainbow sr <laughs> okay <laughs> Oh, I see um, Anna in the chat room. She says, but boys can have babies whenever they want. So he should shut up <laughs> regarding Gabriel. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And um, let me see. Pam says, LOL, he loves her so much. He wants to have a baby with her very badly. Not sure if the surgery will work. It's true. But I always think that, you know, maybe sometimes guys don't think about how 
pregnancies are not such an easy thing. Sometimes getting pregnant can be difficult. And sometimes just delivering the baby itself, it's more challenging than expected. So I, I think they're oblivious to that part. They just think, well, she just gets pregnant. She eats a lot. She throws up. She eats a lot. And she looks gorgeous. And then we have a baby. And yay! We're a family! <laughs> so it's, it's always like, uh... Yeah, that, that's not what usually happens. From personal experience, I've seen it, how it can be like an easy pregnancy and how it could be really, really uh, difficult at the end. So that's why I'm, I feel like, I don't know if Gabriel's really, really thought about that. But okay. Alrighty then. So let's go to chapter three and, you know, inspire. Since I was inspired by Rocky, let's go with a... <clears throat> With the intro I practice. Are we ready for some rumble? In this corner we have the professor of the University of Boston, Mr. Gabriel Owen Emerson. Yay! And in the other corner, her MA graduate, MA graduate from the University of Toronto studying to be a Dante specialist, we have Ms. Julie Ann Helen Emerson. Yay! Ding-ding-ding! <laughs> So here we go. Oh my god, it's the fight of the year and we find ourselves with Gabriel walking into the uh, study, the, the office that Julia is um, sitting in right now, currently looking at a computer and he comes and he tells her that she cannot present her paper as it is. And Julia's like, what? Why not? Which at first I thought he was joking, like, you cannot present this, and ha ha ha. Oh, Gabriel, you're so funny. Now, really, tell me what you think. But apparently, no, he's really serious about this. Gabriel thinks that she's wrong. And um, he tells her that St. Francis did come for the soul of Guido de Montefeltro after he dies. They discussed that. She agreed to it. But then again, I was like, well, Gabriel, technically, you were giving us a lecture. We were nodding our heads like, really? He went to the, the, <clears throat> the inferno? I don't remember a discussion. <laughs> so, what do you think? Do you think he maybe he, he mistook that part where he was giving a lecture or she agreed? And she was like, yes, Gabriel, everything you said that night was true. I agree. talked about this in preparation for the show. We, we were having a conversation, Jennifer. Why don't you um, start? Because <laughs> you were the one that kind of started with me, like, hey, listen, here, this is what I think the fight was really about. Well, I just think when you, I mean, you and I write together. We ask one another to critique each other's stuff. Uh -huh. And I think... We've even had a big I think, disagreement recently. Oh, well, more than one. Yeah, but recently we had a big one. And that... Um, I, I don't know. If I give you something to read and critique, I, I don't think if you came charging into the room and said, well, you can't go with this, <laughs> which is what I did. Which is exactly what I did. It is exactly what he did. And I, and I just said, well, 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 well I am. And then we had a compromise. <laughs> <laughs> we had a compromise. But the thing is, um, it's not a good way to start the conversation. No, right. He, he came at it. Guns blazing, mm -hmm. and my perspective on, on why he wasn't able to help himself is uh, I've been doing a lot of research on male psychology for a book I'm writing, and one mm -hmm. of the things I found out uh, just recently was that men value respect even more than love. Everybody wants to be loved, of course, mm -hmm. but a man 
would rather have his wife think that he's smart enough to program the remote, change the light bulb, change out a garbage disposal if he had to, than that she loved him or found him sexy. A man would rather be respected than seen as nice or smart or strong. A man wants to simply be skilled and and um, not necessarily be admired, but he needs to know that he is his partner's intellectual uh, equal uh, and certainly not inferior. And so I think this was primal in some cases. It's, it's exactly the same kind of psychology that makes the professor obsessed with what she's eating. Another of, of man's uh, instincts is to provide. Mm-hmm. And so that's why so many men are chefs. That's why I think I'm the chef. Since I can't see well enough to drive, Jennifer takes over what is, in our society, the male-dominated cultural assignment. The man will drive. Mm-hmm. You know, daddy will drive, even if mommy's in the car. And so I've never done that, so I've always cooked, and I've always been aware that that's me scratching that primal itch to provide for my family. Mm-hmm. And I think the professor is obsessed with food and feed her, and that's, again, that's, that's he's suffering from the same thing. Uh, and this is a, a negative aspect of that, that he was triggered by the fact that she disagreed with his his interpretation of, of the material. And was this the same thing where he said, this was what I used in my... Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, this was... Yes. This was he, emulating it when he left Toronto. He was trying to recreate in many ways, in his mind, this was his hero moment, mm-hmm. where he recreated this, and she shit all over it, so he <laughs> ran back in the room, and he shit all over that. Mm-hmm. Now we have a fight. <laughs> that, that's, thank you, Morgan. That was really interesting and really, really cool. <laughs> oh, what about you, Jen? What do you think? Yeah, well, yeah, I just, it was the way oh, that. Yeah. It was the way I had to, I'm, I'm a little flabbergasted right think, now. What do you think about that? Jennifer's often put in a position where I rant and dissertate, dissertate, dissert, dissert, mm-hmm. dictate, orate, yeah. passionate, and so it's like, huh, interesting, Jennifer. <laughs> Right, and, mm-hmm. and she, he 
doesn't want to be seen. She wants to be seen as her own person with her own ideas. Mm-hmm. And eventually he's telling her, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> Not happening, Julia. Right. Yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. he comes, yeah, he comes at her shooting, shooting and throwing salt. And even if he was right, he went about it all wrong. The presentation was terrible. Yeah, right. Terrible. Very <laughs> aggressive. Yes, I agree. The, the way that he just charges in and tells her that she's wrong, there's no way she's can, she can defend her, her case, her paper, and, and then immediately asks her to change her paper, all of it. Yeah, By the way, you want to have a baby? yeah. <laughs> let's have a baby. And everything you just wrote, all the hard work, it doesn't matter. It makes no sense. I don't approve of it, so it doesn't, right. you know, like right. delete. So, chat room pam says fight 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 <laughs> so okay um someone's enjoying the discussion um so yeah so gabriel is asking julia right what's going on with your paper you can present this and julia tells him that she changed her mind and like morgan said gabriel's like but it's the only interpretation that makes sense come on julia and so he tells her reminds her about belize and how he told her about the illustration and how he loved the illustration and this means something so of course now she's telling him that she's that he's wrong and she's right what the heck he's older and he has studied this a lot more than her so of course she's making a big mistake and he doesn't want her to make a fool of herself right <clears throat> right. Well, he tells. Mm-hmm. Ends up being more popular. I mean, that's the problem. She is going to publicly agree. I don't even with think something I, that I, he publicly decreed. I don't think that hit his register. But oh, I don't think so. No, I think if anything, he's like he said. He doesn't want her to embarrass herself. Oh, I get. You're right. You're right. He he certainly doesn't think <laughs> that it's better than his. <laughs> says typical BS <laughs> so thank you Pam <laughs> but this is also the point at which you realize um, it isn't just a professional disagreement that there's something personal here because yeah. he's the mm-hmm. one that dragged police into the conversation and remember when I said this and we talked about that and and so that's where you get this going from a professional disagreement to a personal attack and that's when fireworks really start once a fight gets personal mm-hmm. yes well um later on we find out that julia tells julia that professor marinelli liked her paper which to me this means someone not just you who has studied the field agrees you know this is not someone who knows us both in that perspective like close friends just 
more of a professional aspect. So she, Julia tells uh, the professor that she, Professor Marinelli, liked the paper. And Gabriel tells Julia, which I was offended by this. He tells her, oh, she's too easy on you. Which was like, right, what yeah, the heck? So, yeah. so if it's women, then their voice, their, their critique doesn't matter because they're just women. I can only listen to right. you. I mean, I can kind of get what he's trying to say here because I know that, for instance, when Morgan and I first started working together, I was a much, much harder editor on him than I was on anyone else that I worked with. Yeah, I called her Darth Vader. She made me cry. <laughs> Aww. I, and, there was, and, and it wasn't until I started working with other writers and helping them to edit and realizing I had, a, all I had a way different approach. <laughs> <laughs> I had a way different approach how I was working with them than with my husband, you know. I don't have to worry about how my husband feels about things necessarily. I can, be, right. I can be far more honest. No, no, you're right, though. You're right, because I've, I've edited recently for a friend, and with that person, I would circle it, and I would say, try something else here. And there was something very similar I was editing with you, and I circled it, and I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> You're onto something that he doesn't think um, everyone else, like Professor Marinelli, she would not care as much as as him for Julia's career. So maybe he takes it even more like personal. Her success. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, absolutely! Yeah. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. It is the professor. I, I let me ask you guys. I'm trying to think, is there anything in there that was leaked out by SR, or if this is just something that I'm now going to just dig for, but knowing the professor, oh, yeah, maybe he didn't think she was going to embarrass him, but herself, but I'll bet there was a little bit of guilt swimming around in his pond already. He didn't want to have to tell her her paper was crap. He felt obligated, and so now he kind of feels... Hey, he's just a messenger. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't want to ask these. I'm just the expert that happens to know that my truth is the truth and your truth is a wet sack of poop. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's any guilt there at all? Uh, Not in this moment. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think he feels bad that he's telling her. Maybe he just feels bad that maybe she didn't show it to him earlier so he could help her fix it on time. Oh, I feel sorry for her being a moron and that she was also dumb enough to wait. Right, <laughs> I think that I think that's what he felt. <laughs> oh, 
Um, because we don't know how long she's had to write this paper, but obviously she's taking a while and she's written it with Professor Picton and Professor, um, not Professor Picton, Professor Marinelli read it and she liked it so much she sent it to um, Professor Picton and they agreed that the, the, the paper was really good. So Gabriel was totally oblivious to everything that was going on behind his back. And outnumbered. Yes, and outnumbered by two women. <laughs> Which almost counts as one <laughs> Again, um, Julia tells Gabriel that Professor Picton is the one who invited her, Julia, to the conference. And she wants to know why does he think she did it. Was it because of charity? She feels bad for her? Maybe it's just like, uh, uh, yeah, Julia, sure, sure, sure. I'll give you a few minutes to present your paper. And yeah, just I like you, just, I like you so much that I will do it. But I don't take you, your work and your, your dedication that seriously. But I'll do it as a favor. At least that's what Julia is trying to figure out. Does he think that's how a Professor Picton sees Julia? That this is just a little favor? Or is he just not taking Professor Picton, who's very strict and very picky and doesn't praise anyone at all? That he's just taking it like, uh, yeah, maybe she likes you, but your work is not that good. Maybe Catherine Picton is losing her, her touch. Well, I guess maybe think about this for a second. I mean, Julia, I think, has always been able to stand up to Gabriel for the most part when it counted. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she does, she is a person that always had those kind of self-esteem issues. And, and um, good for her for saying, you know what, no, my paper is good enough. And I don't care if you're the expert. You know, I'm sticking with it. Yeah. That's true. The only I mean, time... She got a master's degree, right? Yes, yeah, so, she did. Yeah, I mean... Thank you, Morgan. High five. (laughs) And high five, Jen. I think, yeah, the only time where Julia discussed with Gabriel something she didn't agree with was when they had the Dante the Man Whore um, versus Beatrice, and that was more of a personal debate. Yeah, Yeah, that was an inferno. But other than that, they they never got into a fight about how someone interpreted the the, the text differently without involving personal feelings and mistresses and things like that. So I think this is the first time where they're actually really discussing something. But Gabriel took it personal instead of Julia, like in Inferno, where she was. Mm -hmm. The entire. Inferno, um, you know, the entire work of Dante, you know, mm-hmm. the, the professor is a portrait of the divine comedy. I mean, he he is the embodiment of um, an amalgamation, shall I say, of, of the... So there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wonder what Dante would say about Gabriel, if he could read... Gabriel's, the Gabriel series. I think he, he would be... I think that's a good question for William to answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly right. So let's save that question for someone whose insight would be far more valuable than ours. 
Okay. So, um, okay, we'll move on with the story. So, um, Gabriel tells Julia that he doesn't want her to go and stand in front of a crowd of senior professors and uh, give her naive interpretation. And then she asks, have you read my book? If you read it, and um, Julia tells him that she didn't read, indeed read his book, and he did not mention, he barely mentioned the uh, text that she's analyzing in her paper. And um, this made me wonder, what is the name of Gabriel's book? Because I was wondering if he meant like a textbook I got from Oxford or a book he wrote by himself. So apparently the boss says that he hasn't revealed the name of Gabriel's book yet winky so ooh, maybe it's gonna be in book four maybe maybe there's going to be a piece of non-fiction where a fictional character analyzes in a highly academic way Dante's Inferno mm. as, as an offshoot as a complete side project mm-hmm Oh my god, that would be awesome. <laughs> it would be like on Amazon. Yeah, you know, like when he's finished with, with Gabriel dot dot dot, the fourth book, he can do that. Publish Gabriel's book. brain is working <laughs> Morgan <laughs> the wheels are turning so light bulb moment yeah, right there always, yeah, they're always turning super, super fast. Mm-hmm. and Pam says that it will be a hit so oh I see Pam's already pre-ordering <laughs> Professor Emerson's <laughs> book <laughs> Well, you're going to have to tell the boss, like, hey, we have a new idea. There'll be rumors online. People be going, did you hear that Gabriel Emerson is actually Sylvan Renard? like, oh, my God, I knew something was fishy. Oh, my God. that That's going to be even funnier. Oh, okay. Well, again, you need to tell the boss. <clears throat> this is your brilliant idea. So, 
Okay. I thought we were on a conference call with the boss now. I just assumed he had us on mute all the time. <laughs> That's how I look at these podcasts, by the way, Betty. I just assumed the boss is in his conference room. You know, that, w- th- that you would know? be fun. <laughs> finishing up a hockey game or a sandwich. Right, eating donuts and and drinking the Freud or something. Well, we'll have to see if he was listening. If not, we're going to have to send him a memo. Like, you should tune into the show. We have a lot of ideas. How to expand. Yeah, we, just, we, just gave you, we, just, we just assigned you your next, yeah, your next project. Mm-hmm. Gabriel Emerson is going to do well. <laughs> oh, Which you know. Like, mm-hmm. Who doesn't like to a little bit? And clearly, uh, SR writing a book that eccentric on Dante's Inferno is no different than me writing a book that takes place in Manhattan. It's a chance for me to write off research <laughs> as a non-waste of time. <laughs> so this is only an extension of that, an actual academic look, and I think it'd be very interesting to mm-hmm. hear, you know, and, and, and sorry, and maybe in another life he's already done it, but as far as Gabriel Emerson's concerned, if he needs to hear well, of course, you'd have to defend this fight. Yeah. Gabriel Emerson now would have to uh, to cleave solely to this idea. Unless I'm wrong, did, did they ever resolve this fight? Did he ever say, you're right, I'm wrong? We'll uh, <laughs> get to that. We okay. will have to okay, so keep going. I can't remember, remember how the children ever realize that she's onto something or if they can both be right. I seem to remember that. They could both be right about something. Mm-hmm. Well, it would have been nice if they had sent us a copy of her paper, and then we could go like, oh, okay, okay, I see Julius right, or oh, I think Gabriel's right here. Right now we're just left in, in the loop, like we're just left in the air hearing them discuss about who's right and who's wrong, but we haven't read the paper yet. So, uh, you know, we're, we're just hanging like the little kids in the closet. Mommy and Daddy love each other. Mommy and Daddy love each other. <laughs> Holding on to Paul's little rabbit and that's it. <clears throat> okay, so um, going on with the story, uh, Julia, this was kind of, well, I felt bad as she said this, but uh, Julia says, um, don't you want me to have my own ideas or do you think I have to repeat whatever else you have already said? What? Wait. Or do you think I have to repeat what everyone else has already said just because I'm a lowly grad student? Which I was like, ah, you never say you're a lowly grad student. So that was that was bad, Julia. Don't say that. But I do think maybe he wants her to repeat everything so she doesn't get in trouble. What do you guys think? How's that again? Mm-hmm. The lowly, the lowly grad student. Well, that now he was. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of reminds you of that fight they had where, you know, back in Toronto and, um, something, you know, what did she say about getting down on her knees? Oh, yeah, the orange juice and yeah. the morning after yeah. she saves it him. Kinda, it kind of throws you back to that moment a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Yes. So that's when Julia, well, Gabriel tells Julia that he never called her Lodi. Lodi. What the? Lodi. 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 Lodi.
the heck? Lovely grad student that, in fact, he wants to remind her that he himself was a grad student once. and uh, But he's not anymore. Again, he's trying to show that he's better. Um, and she could benefit from his experience. Which, again, not the right words, Gabriel. Not the right words. Well, the thing is, every couple, especially this particular couple, is going to have to just come to terms with a, with a few things. Gabriel's older than her. He's read more books than her. Mm-hmm. So he's not always going to feel like he's superior to her. But it's not unlike anything. I mean, you know, at some point, Jennifer and I stopped having to push up competition. You know, or... Or who can throw the football farthest? Or who can drive the car to Fred Myers without getting everyone on the road killed? There are certain things that one person's going to just be better at than the other. And if you spend your entire... These guys are young. We've only been married for, what, a few months? Six months. And so they they need... You know, they, they're trying to get over those little things. Mm-hmm. Where, look, honey, she, she's young. She's always going to get carded more than him when they go out. That's her special superpower. <laughs> right. So uh, he's always going to have to. I don't know. So to me, I think this is one of those things where it's it's throwing out the obvious. It's a, it's an older brother or sister saying, "Well, I'm older," or "I called it," and mm-hmm. it's, it's an argument that someone uses when they have no other argument except, "Well, I'm more experienced than you." So there. The parents use it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Using an argument and a tactic in this fight that a parent would use to a kid when they can't really logic their way out of the fight. Right. He would have done better to start citing his sources, to mm-hmm. start digging into his own, to go into the other room and grab a copy of his book, lick his finger, and start flipping pages <laughs> all really, you know. And I think that's how. That's what he really wanted to fight about. But I, we all know that this fight isn't really about the paper, even though it is very, very important uh, and important um, part of the fight. Mm-hmm. True. I feel like if maybe he had tried gently to tell her why he didn't think her paper was right. Um, she would have been more open to his suggestions instead of him just barging in and barking and telling her she's wrong and, you know, she, he knows better. Well, you you know what? I think that she would have been more gentle when she told him to stick it. <laughs> I think either way, she had the support of two professors. She had her own conviction, her own research. Mm-hmm. I think when she gave him that paper, she knew damn well that it contradicted something. So I think all all he would have avoided is um, the volume of mm-hmm. the fight and possibly a bathroom door slamming. Right. But I do feel that she was dead set on her dissertation. Uh, and I think she would have stuck by it. What do you think, Dan? You think oh, she of she could mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, in chapter two, when they're discussing, when she comes back from the bedroom and after she's done working for that day on her paper, she tells him that she took a different approach. So she was trying to let him know, I don't have the same view. Yeah. 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 Y
I might not agree with you in everything. So she was maybe trying to warn him to get ready and just accept that she doesn't always see things the way he sees it. But I don't think he, he really listened to her. He maybe thought she, she meant by, by saying that I took a different approach. Maybe she thought she meant something like, you know, instead of Virgil Wait, telling the story, the he... Mm -hmm. Not that she should have told him in the fight. Oh, you think this is bad? Just wait till we have kids. <laughs> right? You no, know, like disagreement, honey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because once once you have the babies, the children start growing, and you know that that's not going to be easy. Then you really have big discussions about the the work. Um, if the the, the child is making. Uh, the parents fight whose side is, you know the children who are they going to listen to are you too too tough too strict or are you too soft so yeah I, I don't know if Gabriel's really really ready to be a father um but yeah the, the right now their their communication um well now we're seeing what they're made of really and Julia is is not as soft and delicate as she was in the beginning and um, Pam is saying communication is the key and they are not doing it. And Tierra says, exactly, Pam. So, yeah, very, very uh, tough position to be in right now, listening to them. Um, so later on, Gabriel tells Julia that if she wants, he can call Catherine Picton and he will explain everything and um, he can help her rewrite the paper, which Julia tells yeah, him. This is my favorite quote. She tells him. That's another big mistake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can tell. I mean, I can imagine Catherine Picton receiving that phone call and saying like, you did what? Why are you <laughs> telling her to do this? <laughs> Aren't you afraid of me? You should be afraid of me. I'm Catherine Picton. So, um, yeah, Julia tells him, and this is my favorite quote, she tells him, I'm not going to get, um, oh, this is Gabriel. He tells her uh, that he was going to get her to, to work on her paper, and Julia tells him that she, um, she tells him, no, you won't. I'm not changing it regarding her paper. And this is when Gabriel tells her that this is not the time to be stubborn, and Julia stands around, she tells him, yes, it is. And just in case you want to, bring with the but I'm trying to make you feel better Julia you will feel so much better when you change your mind and change your paper she tells him that it's too late that they already sent she's already sent a brief copy of her paper and so she can't change it anymore which is pretty much her saying uh I'm sticking with my beliefs with my research with my paper and so even if you want to help me it's too late yeah right that's like saying hey listen I wrote this Song, um, I want your input. They go, oh yeah, where is it? Turn on the radio. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too late for him to try to change it. Uh, yeah, and I think that, that was also strategic. Mm -hmm. So I think I think part of that miscommunication then is what what was her real goal in having him read it? Mm -hmm. You know, good job. Pick a fight, obviously. <laughs> you know, to get him off the baby subject. <laughs> you know, that's a good that's a good idea. Maybe she was trying to make sure he, he wouldn't sleep with her right now. Like, oh, we're putting out the babies right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I just, mean, I just mean from a bigger picture standpoint, you know, if her abstract's already sent in, she's committed to this theory, she's got the support of 
for professors. And uh, granted, I don't think she expected him to barge in and say, you got to throw the whole thing out and start over. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, what was she really looking for from him? Basically, she bought a motorcycle and she was trying to hide it. <laughs> you know, that's basically, she's like, well, it's going to go in the garage eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I see Pam, she's telling, um, she's saying in a, in a chat room that it was a big mistake. I guess she's talking about Gabriel trying to get Julia to change her, her thesis. And she also says, there will be more than a bathroom door slam. (laughs) So, yeah, this, this was a big fight for them. Oh, yeah, and, um, Pam says yes regarding the paper. Um, so Julia tells the professor that she is not his student anymore, and she's allowed to make her own mind, to have her own ideas. And, um, and then Julia, you know, she's getting so upset that she's walking away towards the bathroom, and he yells, he tells her to stop, and then she tells him, don't yell at me! So, yay, Julia! And then he tries to calm down, and, and reason with her and tell her, trying to convince her that they need to sit down and talk. And Julia's like, I can't sit with you and I can't talk with you right now and because otherwise I'm going to say something I'm going to regret and I don't want to. And you obviously need to cool off, Mr. Grumpy, can't, gump, grumpy Pants. <laughs> so um, Julia is not willing to listen to him right now because she knows that he's going to try to persuade her otherwise. And um, so she goes and, and she's about to lock the door and he's asking, like, where are you going? And she's like, to the bathroom. And um, and then again, he, he's worried, like, what do I do? My parent, my dad is coming. My sister's coming. What do I tell him? And um, Julia tells him that. Um, to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Have a drink. Have a seat. Wait for the knock. <laughs> She'll hear him come in. <laughs> her, her space. Maybe it's, I don't know if it's, maybe he hasn't spent enough time with his sister. Maybe she never left him, like, alone in the room and she just went to another room or left the house. Like, he doesn't get that. That she needs time away from him. not storming out on him. I think he's used to women who are more docile and controllable. I don't necessarily know that, but he's definitely, I mean, he's used to women just being casual with women, not working the intricacies of a relationship. That's true. Right, right. You're right. They're not necessarily more docile, but they're certainly not disagreeing on interpretations of Dante's Inferno and right. the chapters they're in. Right. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Uh, they they were just pelvic affiliates. <laughs> they they weren't really talking <laughs> about affiliates. stuff. Right. Uh, just having a little chat with other parts of their bodies, um, <clears throat> but they really weren't discussing Dante. Um, so yeah, that, that, I think that's why also he's not used to that. But then again, wouldn't he go through something like this with his students if they didn't agree with him before and he was writing their, their, their dissertation and he was, uh, reading it or, or maybe, or maybe he's just used, mm-hmm. 
that in that situation, he's the boss and they're the. Yeah, he's correcting them. No, nope, you're wrong about this. Change that. Yeah. Change mm-hmm. that. He's used to yeah. directing. Try again. Yeah. He's used to grading and directing and not. Yeah. Not having these. Not being a co-producer. Right. Or mm-hmm. being a no. non-producer. He, he is a non-factor in this facet of her educational uh, career. He's not, uh, and, and he couldn't be. He has to re- refuse himself, obviously. Mm-hmm. So she's, she has someone to lean on. She chose to go counter to his career's trajectory. And I think it's because she needed to prove something to herself. Mm-hmm. True, very true. Um, so yeah, so then um, Julia tells Gabriel that if he doesn't leave her alone, she's going to go to her father's. And Gabriel tells her, which I was thinking, like, really? He asks, well, how are you going to get there? You need a car. There are no taxis around here. And she's like, I'm, I'm not going to take your car. I can call a, a company, a taxi company. I'm not that dumb, Gabriel. Which, again, I feel like, you know, the little questions that he's making how she's gonna get to her dad's house it makes her feel like he doesn't think she's that bright I agree that she depends she said, on him you know what this fight's making me thirsty and he'll go how are you gonna get the water <laughs> are you gonna need to find a cup <laughs> are you gonna need to turn the faucet on yeah I think he's pushing her button mm-hmm. but I don't think he's doing it on purpose I think they're in the middle of a fight and when you're in the middle of a fight you're, 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 your blood pressure goes up your heart rate goes up your adrenaline goes up, and then the other person's pissing you off, and you just say things. And mm-hmm. so I think that um, I, I want to be careful not to paint the professor as an uber chauvinistic, mm-hmm. because when you're having a fight, everyone comes back to the battlefield and picks up a little piece of their soul. Mm-hmm. Except the one that died. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, yeah, I mean, this was written before Uber. Now, Julia would just be like, I have an app. I can get an Uber. Duh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I think we're going to have to take a little break right now because <laughs> we only have like two minutes left. So, we'll be back and we'll continue the fight of the year. Julia versus the professor. And we'll continue discussing. And then we're going to have the in-laws. So, yay! So, stay tuned. We'll be back. And in the meantime, have a mimosa. Who are we cool off from this interesting fight? Alright, we'll be back. <laughs> 